Hebrews chapter 7, verses 1 through 10. For this, Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, met Abraham, returning from the slaughter of the kings, and blessed him. And to him, Abraham apportioned a tenth part of everything. He is first by translation of his name, king of righteousness. And then he is also king of Salem, that is king of peace. He is without father or mother or genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but resembling the Son of God, he continues a priest forever. See how great this man was to whom Abraham the patriarch gave a tenth of the spoils. And those descendants of Levi who received the priestly office have a commandment in the law to take tithes from the people, that is, from their brothers, though these also are descended from Abraham. But this man who does not have his descent from them received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. It is beyond dispute that the inferior is blessed by the superior. In the one case, tithes are received by mortal men, but in the other case, by one whom it is testified that he lives. One might even say that Levi himself, who receives tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, for he was still in the loins of his ancestor when Melchizedek met him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. Well, rolling on through some beautiful and very clear passages in Hebrews, yes. we are in one of the head scratchers. Yep. Uh, Jackson, I know you've done a lot more research on, on this. So what are your thoughts on this really fascinating passage about this very vague biblical character. It's a lot like Tom Bombadil, if you've read uh, <laughs> Lord a of the great, Rings. That's a great, that's a great, yeah, that's wonderful. Where did that guy come from and where did he go? <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man. So, man, Melchizedek, this is one of those wild passages in scripture. Um, real quick, I, I do have some thoughts on Melchizedek and Hebrews 7, but. I think this is one of those really great times for us to back up a little bit and to to think about some principles that are worth keeping in mind as we approach scripture. And mm. the first one is just about the clarity of scripture. Um, so we, uh, as Protestant evangelicals, like one of the things that we say that we believe about scripture is that it's clear. Uh, so that's mm -hmm. one of the, the attributes of scripture, clarity, along with things like sufficiency or necessity or authority. Uh, yeah. We believe it's true, but but fundamentally, we believe it's clear. Now, where we can go wrong with that is we can then assume that all Scripture is equally clear. And, mm. and so we can then feel this temptation to be like, oh, man, I have to understand Hebrews 7 and Melchizedek with like a, a perfect understanding or else there's something wrong. But the clarity of Scripture doesn't say, hey, all Scripture is equally clear, like like John 3, 16 is just as clear, or, or Hebrews 7 is just as clear as John 3, 16. That's not what, what's being said. True. So I think we, we should be able to have a little bit of uh, grace with ourselves to go, wow, this is really hard. And, it, and it's <laughs> good for it to be hard. It's good for us to work at trying to understand what's going on here. Um, mm -hmm. uh, there, there's actually value in that. Uh, and this is a tough passage, uh, but it's in the Bible and it's for our edification. So it's worth giving good effort to. The second sort of principle I think that's worth considering here is just, just one of those hermeneutic principles that are worthwhile to be mindful of. And that is that there is lots of interesting stuff in the Bible. Um, mm. So, you know, sort of like Tom Bombadil, 
you know, Melchizedek, you're like, okay, th- what in the world is going on here? This guy's a really in- interesting guy. Uh, you know, if you were to go back to Genesis 14, where we first see Melchizedek show up and you read through, or you, you read this passage here in Hebrews 7 or the one other place he shows up in Psalms, um, you, you go, okay, so he doesn't have a father or mother or genealogy. He doesn't have an end of days or a beginning mm-hmm. of days or end of days. Like, okay, that's super interesting. Tell me more about that. I want to know about who Melchizedek is. Yeah. And you know what God says? Yeah, I'm not telling no. you that. Yeah, that's not <laughs> yeah. for you to know. <laughs> yeah. And and this happens all the time in the Bible. You know, we're like, oh man, I really want to know uh, what's going on there. Uh, I really want more information. And God's just like, no, that that's not what you yeah. need. Like, I'm that, gonna give you what you need. That reminds me of Proverbs 25:2, which says, "It is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings is to search things out." Yeah. Um, and like even Scripture kind of frames this cosmic dance that we're in where you know god has filled the world and the universe with mysteries and it's our job to try to you know explore those and um you know that that allows for a lot of like great discovery and it also allows us to sometimes like sit in the mystery and allow ourselves to be confounded Absolutely. There's this really well-known pastor in Los Angeles, uh, Ray Ortland Sr. His yeah. grandson's the guy who wrote Gentle and Lowly. But uh, one time he was preaching from Matthew 27, and there's that, uh, it was about the resurrection. There's that weird passage that says when Jesus rose from the dead, that a bunch of other people rose from the dead too, and they went and testified about yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And he was preaching on that one time, and he he got to that part. And, and everybody's sort of like, what's he about to say? And he goes, well, I have no idea what's going on there, so we're just going to move along. And I was like, oh, that's so instructive for us to be able to say, I don't yeah. know. And I'm, I'm not going to come up with some like crazy answer just to satisfy my curiosity. So anyway, two principles sure. to approach the, approach well, the scriptures with. Um, that said, what, what are we supposed absolutely. to think about Melchizedek? Um, you know, I, I, I referred to a, a scholar and a friend of mine named Fred Sanders to help me think about this. And one of the things that he points out that's so brilliant is says, in order to understand Melchizedek, one of the best things you could do is take that very first line from chapter seven for this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the son of the most high God. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of interesting stuff, but skip down to the end of verse three, but resembling the son of God, he continues a priest forever. Mm-hmm. So uh, what, what's going on with Melchizedek at the end of the day, I think Melchizedek is serving as a type of Christ. Amen. Um, yeah. he, he, he's showing us a little bit of what Jesus is like. And he's describing something of the priestly and kingly roles that Jesus is going to fulfill and exercise. And so one of the really unique things about Melchizedek is he is both king and priest. He's king of Salem, which is really uh, actually the king of Jerusalem. Uh, He's also the king of righteousness. That's what his name means but then he holds the office of priest. Now that's not supposed to happen. Um, you know, if you look, go back into Israel's history, you know, the priestly role or office and the kingly office are two very distinct things and you can't be both, but Melchizedek was, mm-hmm. and we don't know exactly why or how, but he was. And what we're gonna learn tomorrow is that Jesus is like Melchizedek. And, and so what we're learning here is something about the incredible, uh, uh, character and role and office of Jesus. And that is that he is both king and priest and he's going to be a priest forever. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that that is like a really helpful, you know, really, if you zoom out and say like, what's happening in Hebrews 7, this is, you know, an author who we're not sure, but, you know, he's, he's obviously a pastor and minister to the early church. Right. And he's talking to Hebrews. So people who study and, and hold to have always held to in some regard, the, you know, ancient scriptures. And uh, he, he's unpacking the whole work of this book is unpacking like how has this all really been about Jesus the whole time and so I I think that it's even helpful you know like he's kind of coming through these different biblical moments and and, and pointing them all towards Christ and so the point of this passage is not Melchizedek the point is Mm -hmm. Jesus you know and and so it's not really about what we can or cannot know about this ambiguous figure but it's more about taking this ambiguous figure and how does actually how does that vagueness how does how little we know about Melchizedek like we don't know his lineage we don't know you know his life story but that actually reveals part of the nature of Christ which is his eternal nature and so um it's actually poetically like profound that Mm -hmm. he says the the little amount that we know about Melchizedek actually points us in a unique way to Christ. So I think that's yeah. really helpful. Um, any other thoughts or? Yeah, no, I, <laughs> and, you know, and all the stuff you said, I mean, it's going to keep coming up, but this is mm-hmm. all going to serve to underscore how valid Jesus's atonement for sin is and how much mm-hmm. confidence we can have uh, uh, of being in him um, or, or, or how much confidence we can have if we are in him that we have peace with God and that we will be good forever. And, and so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's one yeah. of those passages like the previous ones we've considered and like the ones we're going to be considering in the next few days that are just meant to encourage us and, and cause us to rest. Absolutely. All right. Well, a great word. And, you know, tomorrow, actually, we did some comparing Jesus to Melchizedek today, but that's actually what tomorrow's going to be all about. Boom. So yep. we'll dig in more. But... Um, thank you for joining us and digging into this passage with us today Uh, for Jackson Randall I'm Will Carlisle thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm I'm Jason Dees one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's word If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.